We are just a couple days away from the beginning of the ACC Women's Basketball Tournament. We're going to talk about the Cardinals' journey to trying to cut the nets down at the ACC Tournament and more. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Joining me today to talk a little bit about women's basketball, my good friend, host of the Off the Walls Podcast, women's basketball beat writer for the state of Louisville.com, Brian Trent. Brian, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How you doing, buddy? Oh, man, doing fine, doing fine. Unfortunately, um, tough loss, as you know, for our Louisville Cardinals on senior day against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But nonetheless, we move forward. Postseason starts now. The ACC tournament just a couple days away. We'll begin the episode by talking about Mikasa Robinson's legacy. Um, we'll also talk about um, the Cardinals' journey to trying to cut the nets down at the ACC tournament. And then in the final segment, explaining how would they do so? What needs to happen for the Cardinals? But beginning with this, I'd be remiss if you and I didn't have a segment um, specifically about Mikasa Robinson because I think she deserves it, definitely needs to be talked about. Brian, a couple days ago, I tweeted this out, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I said, and I really be- I really do believe this, that Mikasa is one of the most important players in program history. Is that something that you kind of echo? For sure, yeah, one hundred percent. She's a uh, she brings something to that team that I don't think anybody else ever has. Um, just the way she carries herself, uh, the way she um, lives her life, um, the way she lives her li- her life through her faith, and uh, it's just like if you ever want it someone for your daughter to look up to and grow up and be like it's Mikasa Robinson. She's definitely someone that, um, you know, this fan base really, um, you know, kind of, I guess you could say, really gets behind when it comes to that Louisville identity that this team possesses. And Jeff Wall said it a couple of days ago. She epitomizes everything that Louisville basketball is. Um, you know, I actually had somebody reach out and be like, well, Dalton, how can she be one of the most important players in program history, yet she's never averaged over six points a game? And I basically flat out told the person, you can't really look at the box score. You know, points are one thing, and I mean, they're very important, but what she's able to do, I mean, you talk about her leadership, you talk about her work ethic, you talk about her swagger on the court, her uh, ability to lead not only her teammates, but this program, this fan base, so on and so forth. I'm trying to look back at a player that has had an impact on, you know, this program outside of just scoring the basketball the way she does. I'm not saying there haven't been some that have been great defenders and great leaders because there have been a lot of great players to come through this program. For a player to do this for five straight seasons, it's kind of silly to me to just limit her um, impact to what a box score reads. Yeah, I mean, she's easily one of the top five defenders in program history. Of course. If not top three, uh, easily. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's a player coach on the bench. I mean, when you go to a game and you watch it, I mean, she's up yelling at people as much or more than the coaches are. Um, she's the one that brings them in and shows them the Louisville way, the program way when freshmen come in and transfers come in. Uh, she's the one they send them to to show them how the program runs. I definitely agree. And one thing I think a lot of people believe in Louisville, and it really should be talked about more, is in my opinion, obviously in your opinion as well, I, I would imagine, she's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I well, wonder. I thought Emily Inksler was last year too. So and that's I what I was about to. That's what I was about to get at, That's what I was about to get at. Is I am a little bit worried that statistically speaking, I'm not sure what Emily Inksler needed to do more last year to be named ACC Defensive Player of the Year. A team that wasn't Louisville. I mean, that is fair. That is fair. Do you get the sense, Brian, that – I mean, I feel like every time I watch a Louisville women's basketball broadcast, which is every single game if I'm not at the game, there's a lot of you know praise for Mikasa defensively and for her leadership. And, and it seems like the broadcasters, whoever they may be, are very, very you know high and um, – are very, very high and praising of – the um, defense that she brings to the court, but I still get this feeling that from a national landscape, not a lot of people know about Mikasa Robinson, and if they do, they don't understand how much of an impact she plays onto this team. Well, I think one thing that could hurt her is uh, she just started to start three or four games ago. Sure. Um, usually they're not going to give awards like that to somebody who comes off the bench. That's very Uh, true. I mean, do I think she deserves it? Most definitely. I think she should be in talks for National Defensive Player of the Year. Um, But typically, I think that's the the one thing that might hurt her is because she didn't start starting until three or four days, three or four games ago. I would agree with that. Brian, what is the most important, or not important, but I should say more impressive thing about Mikasa Robinson? I I will say for me, it was tough to really uh, dissect that because I feel like there's a lot of things intangibly speaking that she does very well. For me, honestly, I I think it is her ability to almost lead the defense without vocally leading the defense. You know, you can tell when she's on the court that this Cardinals defense looks totally different than when she's not on the court. That To me, that's what's most impressive. What has impressed you the most about Mikasa Robinson over her five years here at Louisville? Um, probably the way um, she carries herself running the offense. Uh, you can tell a difference in this offense when she started at point when she began starting at point guard because, or even when she came off the bench and she was in at point guard because when she has the ball in her hands, she doesn't get rattled, um, she doesn't get frazzled, she, you know, she doesn't get right. emotional. I mean, mm-hmm. she's stone faced out there. She's, uh, she knows exactly what she wants to do. She's very robotic when she's out there with the ball in her hand. I definitely think that, you know, she plays with that. I mean, she plays with fire 
for certain. But I also think you're right. I think that she plays in a way that um, it's almost like you never get too high, never get too low. Um, and I think that that is something, you know, that is beneficial as you kind of go through the ebbs and flows of certain games and, and things of that nature. Um, the final thing I want to talk about Mikasa is we've seen her start to pick up a little bit of a bigger responsibility scoring the basketball, or at least her willingness to look towards that. Do you think that, you know, it needs to be made a point that Mikasa starts scoring more? Is it, or is it kind of one of those things in your opinion that you get what you get scoring the ball wise with Mikasa? I think that's what it is. Um, I think you're going to get what you get. Um, if you can get four points, great. If you can get 12 points, oh my God, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, right. <laughs> but I mean, she's in there for more things than scoring. Um, sure. I mean, she might have to start scoring the ball more because I mean, Haley's going to need help from somebody. Right. And she's not getting help from too many people right now. Yeah. And that, that's going to be something that we talk about here in the final segment of the show, but no doubt Mikasa Robinson in my opinion, one of the most important, one of the most valuable players in program history to her respective teams. I mean, um, I, I think it's going to be one of those things that you're not going to truly grasp the impact that she has until she is unfortunately no longer in a Louisville uniform. And um, unfortunately, I don't think that I'm ready for that day just yet. So um, hopefully this team goes very, very far in the tournament. But NCAA tournament not here just yet. We have the ACC tournament starting up here in a couple days. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the journey that the Cardinals could possibly have to the ACC championship. We'll do that here after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat or don't want all of the fat and calories, then you have to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. My goal has kind of been to eat a little healthier, but I don't like to compromise taste. But Built Bar has been a unique opportunity. Not only does it have the healthy components of a protein bar, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate, so you get that um, candy bar aspect of it as well. They have a wide variety of flavors from churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, so on and so forth. For the most part, you've had to get them at Built.com. That's no longer the case. You can now head to your nearest Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. Don't miss out on this opportunity from Built Bar right now. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hearing from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players, Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Heading on into the second segment of the show with my good friend, host of the Off the Walls podcast, Brian Trent. Brian ACC tournament has been finalized in terms of the bracket with a Clemson win on Sunday evening. The Cardinals get the four seed. They get the double bye. They will take on the winner of Virginia slash Wake Forest and Florida State. What are your initial thoughts on, um, you know, the first opinion or the first opinion, the first uh, possible opponent? Was this a draw that, that you liked? Uh. No, because we've had problems with Florida State in the ACC tournament before. Mm -hmm. um, we never go down there ready for the ACC tournament. I think this is going to be the most important ACC tournament Jeff Walls might have taken his team to. 
um, for seedings wise. Uh, I think we need to go down there and go down to win this and not just go down there to show up and play our game like we did last year. I agree. I, obviously, that first game, what was it, Miami, that yeah, uh, we had the lead and, and blew it at the end. Um, nonetheless, obviously, new year, new team. Um, the Cardinals, probably a team that is not viewed as a favorite, obviously, probably in that second tier um, behind the the one, two, and three. Um, if they get past that first matchup, they're going to probably take on Notre Dame, but they also have NC State and Syracuse right there. Brian, this is a possible rematch between Jeff Walls and Wes Moore. Wes Moore has kind of had Walls' number here recently. Um, it seems like no matter how good Louisville plays, it seems like NC State is just able to come out on top as of since, what, 2019. Louisville's played both teams very close. I Am I off point by suggesting that I it, it kind of – would you rather play, obviously, would you rather play NC State than Notre Dame at this point, even though the Wolves played Notre Dame pretty closely both games? No, because I think with NC State and 8 seed, I just don't really see the uh, – I don't really see the referees making them get out before the semifinals. Of course, we're going to play – we Notre Dame beats them. We're going to play Notre Dame. We've already seen that, well, the referees aren't going to let Notre, let us beat Notre Dame this year. Uh, <laughs> So, nope. I mean, being in that bottom of that bracket would be a whole lot better because, I mean, I think you'd have better – I mean, I'd rather not play – kind of like to play Duke again. Uh, we had a really off game the last time we played them. Um, I think you're going to get less referee interference in the bottom of that bracket than you would if you played Notre Dame or NC State, I think. That's uh, fair. I don't see – I just – I don't see the – if I can see them calling the Notre Dame NC State game pretty fairly, but whichever one wins that, I don't see. Assuming the that's uh, assuming that NC State beats Syracuse. Yeah, assuming NC State right. beats. Oh, the ref. There's no way the ACC is going to let NC State lose their first game. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. for ratings wise, that would make a lot of sense to have Notre Dame and NC State. Yeah, for sure. sure. I mean. It's it's sad you have to talk about it like this, that you know the officials are going to determine all these games. And they determine the first game against Notre Dame. They determine Senior Day's game against Notre Dame because they completely took the game out of the players' hands in the second half. Especially uh, in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter alone. In and, both of those games. I mean, probably I'd rather play Notre Dame. Uh, we should have beaten them both times. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they'll beat us a third time. Yeah, I'd probably rather play Notre Dame than NC State, for sure. Let's say that the Cardinals get past that. They get to the championship game. I, I want to now go to a little exercise. I want you to tell me, we're going to do this in two parts. The first, I want you to tell me out of... I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say that you can choose Clemson, Pittsburgh, Boston College, or Georgia Tech, but... Yeah. Um, you know, this, you, you look at what Louisville's done this season. I mean, sure, they've beaten Miami, which is one of those other teams down at the bottom of the bracket, but they've lost to Duke. Uh, they beat North Carolina by seven. 
Um, they've lost to Virginia Tech. Of those three that the Cardinals, well, I guess, you know, they've beaten North Carolina. Of those three, North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia Tech, which one would you rather play? Which one would you want to play the most? Which one would you not want to play? Let's start with the one you would want to play. Uh, probably Duke. Uh, they had a really good game. We played them in Raleigh. Uh, I don't think they can do that again. I think we'll match up with them pretty well. Yeah, probably Duke most. Virginia Tech least for sure. Uh, Virginia Bigs have played. Yeah. Uh, and Virginia Tech's three-point shooting. Uh, yeah, for sure. Virginia Tech the least. I just, you know, I guess I have a little bit of flashbacks how uh, the ACC um, officiated games against Alyssa Kunane the past handful of seasons. So I really don't want to have to go up against a player like Elizabeth Kitley who, you know, star players get star calls, I feel like. I know that, you know, she is good enough to win games on her own, but I, you know, don't think that these star players need the help of the officials as well. I think that, you know, you go up against a Virginia Tech team with Elizabeth Kitley in the ACC championship, not to mention, you know, Georgia Amour, you know, Taylor Sule. Um, you know, they get four players averaging over 11 points per game, and that's also a team that shoots the ball 35% from behind the arc. And, like, You'll mention here in the next segment, three-point defense has really been a struggle for the Cardinals um, pretty much all season. Um, am I far-fetched for saying I want to play North Carolina the most? Because no. I, I think that Duke played well against the Cardinals back in January, but still being 24-5, and five, I think that the Blue Devils are still a quality team. I think that the Cardinals played well against North Carolina, and I think that they match up well against the Cardinal or against the Tar Heels as well. But you look at their past handful of games since they played Louisville. They lost against Louisville, lost against Syracuse uh, in their past one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I mean, they've lost four of their last seven. So they're not necessarily coming into the ACC tournament playing their best basketball. Now, granted, if they were to make the make the ACC championship game, that would mean that they've turned it around a little bit. But honestly, I think North Carolina probably would probably be the team that I would want to play the most in the championship game. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. And I almost picked North Carolina. Um, I just think we match up so well with Duke, and I just don't think they can have the game. I mean, Elizabeth Balagoon just completely destroyed us in that game. She did. Uh, I just don't think they can have the game against us again that they had against us earlier in the year. And that's fair. Um, I, I think that Duke is still a quality squad, but I, I think there's truth in both points. Um, I now want to kind of take a little bit of a step um, into the analytics department, talk about what this team needs to do to cut down the nets at the ACC championship. Before we do that, um, for those who don't know Brian, Brian has been um, on a very, very big trajectory over the past year or so in the women's basketball coverage, host of the Off the Walls podcast, which there's no better place to get women's basketball coverage in the city of Louisville than the Off the Walls podcast, which if you are a fan of local eatery, you can find at the Granville Pub as well. Is that right? Yeah. Is that what? Yeah, Granville. Yeah, Granville I, I don't know why I drew a blank, but great food there, great atmosphere um, with Rashawn Myers in the gang over at uh, Granville Pub. But check out all of Brian's content on all streaming services from player interviews. I mean, we're talking about 
you know interviews with Kiana Smith before the game on Senior Day. Uh, you know here here and there. You know Mo Reed hopping on post game shows. Uh, Courier Journal uh, Alexa Alexis Cubit. You know joining the show. There's a lot of things that Brian's doing. Uh, very very proud of him. You know glad to be a good friend of his and vice versa. But if you're ever interested in hearing players' stories, check out the Off the Walls podcast for sure. Also, but Brian. And if anybody has ever seen the shoes Jeff Walls wears, and no, I have a pair of off-the-wall shoes um, like those. If you want a pair of your own customs or you want a pair of customs already made, you can go to my go visit my guy Adam Wells' website. It's swagon12.com, and you can find him on Instagram at, at swagon12 in 502. Um, make your own pair of shoes. Um, buy a pair of customs he's already made and at checkout if you put in the coupon code off the walls it's $50 off a pair of custom shoes I may or may not have a pair of custom shoes in the works so I can definitely um, attest to what Brian is saying Brian final segment of the show we're talking about what Lowell needs to do to cut down the nets at the ACC championship I feel like a lot of it is going to be centered around three point shooting both shooting the ball and defending the three-point shot well i think the biggest i want to agree with that but i don't think that's the biggest key i think the biggest key is going to be somebody has to help Haley van lith agree i mean they're double and triple teaming her and somebody else has to score points we can't have you know Liz Dixon and Morgan Jones and Olivia Cochran missing 25 layups a game. Uh, we need Chris Carr shooting the ball. I mean, she don't even hardly shoot the ball anymore. She's shooting almost 50% from three-point range for the season. Uh, we need Josie Williams to play. Uh, she has to somehow figure out how to play at a ACC level speed of play, and we mm -hmm. need her down low. You, we need Nyla Harris to get back on track where she was at the beginning of the season and get over the freshman wall she's hit here lately. I agree. I think that Morgan Jones as well. I think that Morgan Jones, um, you know, when I've watched her play recently, it, it's like she's not – she it looks like she's hesitant with the ball in her hands to where she's not necessarily utilizing the mismatches in the mid-range not sure what's going on there, um, but well, her mid-range jumper hasn't been going. Yeah, and I understand. So everybody's that. just playing off of her, and because they know how deadly she is with her dribble drive, so I they're agree. playing off of her and making her shoot that mid-range shot, and it's just not going. I agree, but but I do definitely, you know, emphasize what you're saying, and that is the Cardinals need someone to desperately step up alongside of Haley Van Lith, and that really just. I mean, it just hasn't happened. I mean, outside of Haley, who is averaging 19.5 per game, the Cardinals have not really had anybody else step up consistently. I know that, you know, Chris Lynn Carr, Morgan Jones, Olivia Cochran all are averaging over or nearly over eight points a game. But after that, I mean, the next player in line is Peyton Verholst, and she's not even on the team any longer. I mean, you're not seeing other players step up. Um, and you need that to happen. You need some more front court production. You need um, Olivia Cochran, Liz Dixon, Nyla Harris, and Josie Williams to kind of, um, 
you know, pick up some of those scoring or some of those scoring responsibilities. We saw Liz Dixon over the past couple weeks, you know, seemingly start to put it together. And, um, you know, I don't necessarily think she played all that bad against Notre Dame, but definitely not living up to her potential. I thought that Cochran had some good minutes. Um, I would also like to see Marissa Russell as aggressive as she was in that game against Notre Dame translate over to you know the end of this season because I think that at that athleticism and that ability to get to the basket really really was something that Louisville was looking for um at the end of that first half early part of that second half but I agree I think that um you know the Cardinals have to have some help alongside of Haley Van Lith final question Brian how far do the Cardinals go in the ACC tournament where do you where do you think that um where do you think this team goes this week? Uh, we'll lose in the semifinals. That's I fair. Don't th- I don't think we'll get past Notre Dame or NC State. Uh, I just – it just – it's not a confident team on the floor right now for Jeff Walls. Um, they've let too many leads slip away at the end. Um, too inefficient on offense. Um too inefficient on defense, just no help for Haley. She's just getting killed out there. Uh, yeah, I, I think we, I think we win our first game. We lose our second game. I'm with you. I think we're going to win the first game, whether it be Florida State or um, I forgot the other team or Wake Forest Either and Wake Forest or Virginia. Yeah, I think Louisville will win against any of those teams. But like you said, I think that this team, when they beat North Carolina, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, maybe we start to see this team, um, you know, hit that stride and start playing their best ball. And then, um, you know, a couple losses here and there, two losses to Notre Dame. And and we're kind of sitting here wondering, you know, what team are we going to see? And in the ACC tournament, with Jeff Walls' team historically since 2014, it's kind of been hit or miss, right? I mean, it seems like a team that either loses early or goes to the championship game. Um, I think that this is probably going to be a different type of year. Like you said, they're probably going to win the first game, and then that second game rolls around. You're going up against either a team in Notre Dame that you will have played three times now or a Westmoreland NC State team that's had your number over the past couple of years. Or best-case scenario, you play Syracuse, which – they played you pretty decently as well over the past couple games. So I, I agree. Brian, before we get out of here, plug us into all your social media and give any lasting thoughts. All right. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Trent underscore OTW. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Off the Walls Podcast. Um, I got an episode coming out this week with Kiana. Uh, we did a live show before the a pregame, live pregame show before the senior day. Um, once the once the live show stopped, we went on to an extended version that's going to get released this week. Um, did the post game with Mo Reed and messed my recording up on that. So that's not that was supposed to get released with Kiana, but it is not going to now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm working on some big things here in the next couple of months that uh, I'll be releasing. Uh, me and Alan Thomas are working on right now that we'll be releasing some. Hopefully some pretty big news here soon. Um, just check me out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, the Off the Walls Podcast. Um, I haven't written as much this year as I usually do, but uh, you can find any articles I've written on uh, stateofLouisville.com. Um, remember, if you want some custom shoes, go to swagon12.com. 
at go to the custom shoe part, make your own shoes, order a shoe that he's already customized um, at checkout, enter off the walls, and you get uh, $50 off. Also, go visit the Granville Pub. Really good food. Nice cold beer. Um, they're the sponsor of the show. Uh, that's where I do my live post games from. Hopefully, uh, the NCAA tournament will work out to where maybe I can get out there and get a couple of watch parties going on during the NCAA tournament. Heck, yeah. I would definitely be there for sure if I am off work. But that is Brian Trent, my good friend, host of the Off the Walls podcast, um, women's basketball beat writer for the state of Louisville. Uh, does a great job. No better coverage on Jeff Walls' team than that man in that screen to my – technically to my right. I'm looking at him straight in front of me, but technically to my <laughs> right. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. Everyone have a great day for all of your women's basketball coverage, All always off the walls podcast, but also we'll have you covered here at the Locked On Louisville podcast as well. Everyone have a good one. We'll see you back here very soon.